0: welcome to inner peace with dr reese a program that can help you become liberated in the modern world
1: now here's your host dr kevin w reese
0: hello hello and welcome to episode 28 if you're a new listener be sure to go back and go through all the episodes of course episode 1 through 12 is the protocol of the inner peace practice and then from there on out I talk to interesting people of peace to get their tips and their stories today I have a really good friend of mine who I've known for about 15 years his name is Joe and we have similar stories entertainment backgrounds, spiritual awakenings A great example of being, you know, discovering the path, getting on the path, falling off the path, getting back on the path, and sort of trucking along. A little different format today as I'm talking to Joe through the phone line, but I think you're going to find value in our conversation. Joe, how are you today?
1: I'm doing well, Kevin. How are you?
0: How can we walk this spiritual path? in this very programmed world
1: oh that's a good question i think you know the first part of that question is finding your spiritual path
0: Mm -hmm. in
1: this very programmed world yeah do you know what i mean in other words the first step is finding that thing which gives you peace or gives you a connection to whatever you would call the source or that mm-hmm. the higher existence in life, you know, the higher consciousness that exists right. beyond this matrix consciousness.
2: Yeah.
1: And um, so that's, that's really the first thing. And, and I know your podcast is geared towards people who may already be on that path, but there are still people out there who are searching for a spiritual path. Right. And, and I, I think the key is to find a spiritual path. And, and as you know, that spiritual path can take many turns along the way. Oh, yeah. So you get to that point where you feel comfortable um, living in this world, yet still feel connected to the outer world, the, the greater world.
0: Yeah, you might have to go through 10 gurus to find the one that you love.
1: Or 10 different disciplines. I mean, I can give you my story real quick. I mean, really, my spiritual journey began in AA meetings. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: That's where, I mean, I was about 25 years old. And obviously, I had been brought up with the Catholic religion. So I knew who God was, and I knew who Jesus was. And you know, I knew you were going to get punished if you went to hell and all that kind of stuff. But when I was about 25 years old, I had a few incidents in my life, and I ended up in the AA meetings. And, and they talked about something called the higher power. Right. And they talked about surrendering your life to the higher power. Mm. And they talked about living one day at a time and living in the moment. And for me, at 25 years old, those were concepts that I had never heard before. And this was in the 70s, the 80s, but I grew up in the 70s. So, you know, of course, I heard peace, love and all that, but I'd never heard of, of those concepts before. And that, to me, that was very intriguing because it was different than what I had learned in the Catholic religion, you know, that God's going to punish you and, and do all these things if you don't do the right thing. So, the concept of the higher power, I think, is really the first thing to grasp. Right. To realize. And I think that a lot of people know what, what the word God is, and they've been, you know, programmed with a preconceived notion of what that is.
0: They've been programmed that there's a guy in the sky.
1: Right. Who's going to punish them if they do bad things. Correct. Right. But the For them to say it's a higher power. So in other words, it's a power. It's not a guy. Yes. It's not an entity. It's not a deity. It's a power. Right. And that rung true with me. So that's pretty much where I have based my entire spiritual practice on that God itself is not a deity or an entity or something that you can even put a personality to. Correct. Is a power or Mm -hmm. energy. Yeah, a force. A for the a force. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Again. And and that I also made that connection. It was very early on that maybe that's what George Lucas was talking
0: about. Yes. And that comes up on this podcast quite often.
1: Yes, that it was force is the higher power. Correct. Right. It
0: runs through all of us, the Tao as they would call it in, in China. Right. Um so yeah, and I've heard stories of people going to AA and really kind of waking up to these principles. One day at a time. Right. That's is, a co- that's a core principle in spirituality. Period.
1: Period. Right. The higher power, one day at a time, surrendering to the higher power.
0: And Jesus said that on the Sermon on the Mount. Right. Don't don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow is
1: Yeah, he know. he did have a way to say, but it was not... <laughs>
0: yes, yes.
1: Um but yes, exactly. So that rung true with me. And I guess you would say that was the real beginning of my spiritual journey.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: was 25 years old. And as you mentioned, I just turned 60 on Sunday. So it's yeah. been a long journey. If we're talking 35 years.
2: Right, right.
1: Following this path. And as I said, along this path, it, my path has changed course many times. Because uh, depending on my life and what was going on, It took different, you know, I learned different techniques, different methods, different spiritual practice that helped me live my life spiritually and still maintain a life within the program world, which is what we really want to do. Um, You know, so, you know, through the AA and through that, I started getting into things like Tony Robbins Mm. and Norman Vincent Peale. And uh, these guys like Think and Grow Rich, you know, those those really those, the core basics.
0: Law of attraction type stuff.
1: Law of attraction, positive thinking. Right. Okay. But again, there's a lot of value in that mm-hmm. because what they're teaching you basically is how to use the higher power to manifest your reality in the program of the world.
2: Correct? Right. right.
1: Really, that's what it is. So I learned the connection through those things between the higher power, the source and its effect and how you're used like as a conduit to create reality in this programmed world. So the real, you know, I started making the connections that it was all, all one big, all one big thing. There was no separation really between the the higher power, the force and the program world, the Mm -hmm. material world, because, you know, there's all, you know, a lot of the spiritual practices say, you know, the, the, uh, the material world versus the spiritual world.
2: Mm -hmm. It's
1: almost like there's some kind of war, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But really there's not, one can't exist without the other. And it's just a question that like, if you look at the, uh, the yin yang single there, the um it's it 's both so right. the material it has to and they have to exist together, they coexist, one creates the other
0: yeah it 's duality so let me let me fast forward here because yeah. um, you know on this podcast, I mentioned Ananda ashram a lot mm-hmm. that I go to and how that was where I met the blue antelope in two thousand and twelve and all that and i I do mention that a friend went to an ashram first, which made me open my eyes to it. And that was you. Oh, so yes. You, uh, you went to uh, Yogananda's ashram out in California. Could you des- yeah. describe that experience?
1: Yeah. Uh, I discovered Yogananda when I was in California. And again, this is another turn on my path. I happened to be attending a church called the Unity Church at the time, which anybody looks it up, it's very well known. It's very good, actually. Uh, and I was in there and they had a bookstore in the back. And I found this book. It was called Autobiography of a Yogi. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the copyright data and it was published the same year I was born. And I said, okay, I'm going to grab this book. It was like $2 to use, you know. And I read this book, Autobiography of a Yogi, and it's very famous. A lot of well-known people have read it. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I was in California, which was the home Of Yogananda Mm. so and I realized that I had a Yogananda temple right around the corner from my house so I switched from the unity church to Yogananda and I started really really getting into the whole his whole teachings and what he teaches is a combination of Christianity in other words he makes the connection between Krishna and Jesus actually being very similar in teaching the same things, mm-hmm. and how he, uh, how Western and Eastern, is really not no different. And so he was trying to bring the the Eastern religion of Hinduism to the West, and uh, and by and by showing the people of the West that their religions weren't so much different. Right. So he uses more of a yogic philosophy of. Uh, He didn't really, his his word for it wasn't enlightenment. It, uh, It was just connecting with the divine consciousness, he called
2: it. Right.
1: So anyway, I started attending that on a regular basis. And I found out that he had spiritual retreats all over California. He had like three different ones. So I made it a journey to go. I wanted to make sure I visited each one and spent a weekend at least at each one. And so I did. And I would do that almost once a month. I would go to a different Yogananda retreat.
0: And, and at the and at this time, you're about 50 years old,
1: right? Uh, yes. I was in my 50s. Yes. Uh, and I really, really got into it. I started studying his lessons. And I really felt like I was ready to take the next step. And I found uh, the Yogananda ashram, where he actually trains the brothers, uh, the yogis, was in California, and they had a program where you could go there, you would pay $20 a day, and you would do the, the you know the program where you would work in a kitchen, or you would work in the garden for part of the day, and then you would go through all the disciplines that they had with the ashram. Mm-hmm. So this was beyond the regular retreats. This was like the next step, the higher level of teachings yeah. of the Yogananda. So I was accepted to that, and uh, I spent about two weeks there. I, I almost didn't want to leave because, right. you know, it was very disciplined like any, any ashram would be. You'd wake up at 5 in the morning, and the first thing you would do, you would go out and you would do these things. you do your, your energization exercises, which is what he had. And there were special exercises that Yogananda had that were supposed to open up all your centers of chi. Just open up all your energy centers. Then you spend an hour meditating. Then you would go have breakfast. And of course, part of breakfast was that the all the attendees, all the students would cook the breakfast. And then they would clean up the breakfast. So you would kind of do it all for yourself. And they would actually serve the yogis. So you would do that. And then you would go back and do another meditation. And then you'd go do your work for the day. Your work could be you would either be working in the kitchen preparing lunch for the for the next you know, for the lunch of the day and the dinner, mm-hmm. or you would work in the fields where they would they had a whole garden there. You know, they had a big garden there. So you'd work in the fields, work in the garden or work around the grounds cleaning up. Everybody had to have a job there. And that was, you know, part of your service. And and then you'd come back, you'd have your lunch. You go back, finish your work. We'd have another meditation. And you would do another meditation before dinner. And then after dinner, uh, you would go for quiet time. And then it was lights out at 9 o'clock.
0: How does this strict discipline schedule, how does this improve your life?
1: I did learn the importance of how discipline is is what helps you like we were talking about, maintain your peace during the day when you're out doing your regular, your regular work. Right. It's, it's very easy to, let's say, um, gain enlightenment, quote unquote, mm-hmm. when you're in a controlled environment. Right. So yeah. I will tell you that by, you know, a certain time during that period at the ashram, I felt I wouldn't say I felt like I was enlightened, but I felt like I had definitely established a connection with that higher power. That was like one-on-one. Right. Like we were talking. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's very hard to explain, but you feel like, when you look at a bird, the bird looks back at you and mm-hmm. you guys are actually communicating. Do you right. know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I do know what you mean. Absolutely.
1: And when you the plant that the plant and you are actually in communication with each other. Right. Do you know? And and I had experience where butterflies would come up and just land on my finger, you know, for no reason and or I'd be sitting out in the you know, they have obviously there's beautiful gardens there and it's a very nice area. I'd be sitting in one of the gardens and, you know, a little, a little uh, tree frog or something would just come up next to me and just kind of sit next to me.
2: Yes. yes. And hang out
1: with me while I was meditating. It was very nice. Yeah. You, you feel like, you know, what they say is, you know, you feel like what you do. You feel like what you've always read about, you know, oneness. And you feel that. And it's, it's like, boy, if I could feel this way all the time you know, it would, life would be wonderful, Do you know?
0: So you know, I know exactly what you mean. And uh, a lot of people don't understand the discipline aspect of it. So I think it's good for them to hear this. People are are, are caught into their habits that they have formed yeah. over these years. And when you go to a place like this that you're describing, those habits are immediately smashed.
1: Right. Into new habits, though. What is discipline, really? Right. Habits, right? Right. So what you're doing is you're getting rid of your old habits. They put on the TV or they put on the radio. Right away, they have to know what's going on in the, what's going on in the, in, the, in the matrix, right, in the yeah. program world. What's yeah. happening? I have to know. Like right away, as soon as they wake up, and, and that's probably one of the biggest mistakes yeah. you can make if you're trying to maintain a sense of peace in the, in the matrix because you haven't even established that sense of peace to maintain yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So I think when we're talking discipline, one of the first things is is to maintain some sort of morning ritual, yep. morning habit. And it's obviously going to be different for everybody because people have different amount of times and people have different spiritual practices That's you have to start with a sense of peace in order to maintain it.
0: Yes. And it's best to do it in the morning, but before all the, all the drama starts,
1: (laughs) that's when you start your day, right? That's when you start your day. So I think the most important thing to maintaining a spiritual life during the day, during your regular day in the matrix is starting off peaceful.
0: Yes. This, this ashram experience brought you a new realization of life but you left
1: i did leave i had to leave
0: your mother was sick yes and so you you ended up coming back to connecticut to take care of her
1: yeah i was at that point in my life where i had to make a decision and and the decision was either going to be living the ashram or come back and take care of my mother. And I did, I decided to come back and take care of my mother. I felt like that was the right thing to do. And um, I spent about five years taking care of her. Um, and, and and that's kind of where you really have to, you, you get tested in life.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: As far as, you know, like maintaining a spiritual, a spiritual base maintaining inner peace while you're dealing with such such something as somebody having cancer
0: you know. yeah it's drama big time yeah. drama
1: i mean i'm not a trained doctor obviously i did have some help from my brother but this was all new to me and and in the beginning she wasn't as sick let's put it that way right so she didn't need as much of my attention so i still maintain my meditations and I was still doing my daily routine every day to keep myself, you know, peaceful.
0: You sort of fell out of your...
1: Yeah, I would say...
0: Rhythm. As, Rhythm, as, is that a good term?
1: Yeah, that's a good term. I would say I kind of got consumed into what was happening in my life. Right. It it, it started to take up a lot of my time. You know, okay. sometimes, unfortunately you may want to wake up and spend an hour in meditation, but maybe when you wake up right away, your mom needs something. Right. I got to go go wake up and and take care of her. And then
0: what about if you're, you know, you're having the most peaceful day ever and then you get, you know, you got, you got to take your mom to uh, a doctor.
1: Right. Or you get a call. You know what I mean? I, I got a couple of calls. Your mom fell. Your mom passed out at the senior center you know things like that and and I was dealing with that with not not only that but the regular work you know having a regular job right I was still having to go and earn a living and yeah I just and you know things happened I mean physically I started getting sick um I you know I had some digestive issues
0: do you think that a lot of it was Maybe getting stuck in your head a little bit and being frustrated that you're not maintaining what you are taught, so to speak. Yes,
1: Um, I do. I do know exactly. Because I'm
0: looking at it from the outside. You go to the ashram, you find exactly what you are looking for. Right. And you're like, this is it. This is, uh, I'm going to find my enlightenment. I'm going to be self-realized and then boom you come back and the drama starts and before you know it you're off your rhythm but then there's a frustration that comes along with being off your rhythm because you know you're self-aware so you know you're off your rhythm it's like a basketball player who 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 has a great three-point shot, but then all of a sudden it's just not draining for them anymore. It's just right. not draining. And now you're frustrated. You're like, why Why am I not hitting the three-point shot? I know I've done it before.
1: Right. Or a baseball player in a slump. You know yes, yes, I mean?
0: yes. They just
1: yes. can't figure out how to get out of it, how to get out of it. You know, they're still maintaining. They're still going to the game every day. Yeah. Not hitting like they used to. You know, and that's how I felt. You know, things just weren't – it just wasn't the same. right. It wasn't the same,
2: mm. and like
1: you say now once you're self-aware, you can't really. It's hard to go back to trying to live that material life that a lot of people live
0: because you're not asleep, you're awake, so you 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 can see you're, these things happening right in front of you.
1: Yeah, and you you then this is where the program world come in. This is when you realize how programmed this world. Really is, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Uh, when you're awake and you're self-aware like that, like how much television and media really does create the reality? Right. I mean, what would reality be like in this world with no TV, no media? Mm. What was it like in the 1800s? Do you know right. I mean, when there was right. no re- no TV, no media?
0: Yeah. Or let's go back even further there's no newspapers.
1: No newspapers, right? Mm. There's no communication between That's those. really
0: when the programming really started was the newspapers.
1: I agree. I agree when you you had a way you just Now obviously they've always been able to put some sort of programming into books. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you read old books, they always had some sort of agenda in them, some way. But right when the real mass programming started, obviously, it was newspapers mm-hmm. and media. Yep. Um, before that, you know, it was kind of like there were little villages and little towns, and they all existed on their own, and and, and they had little similar. They may have similar beliefs and values. But you could travel 50 or 100 miles and find a completely different type of people living than were are 100 miles away. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And these people don't even know about each other. So, yeah, the programming started, and that's when they were able to really get, you know, get this matrix going. Right. They always had religion. I mean, religion was always a great way to mm-hmm. kind of program the people, right? That was one of the original ways. And then government is the other way that they program the people. Right. But the media really uses all of that. They filter all down mm-hmm. through the media. Yeah. So, so you know, the first thing that, that I would say to do if you really want to live a peaceful life in the, in the matrix is get rid of most of your media.
0: Yeah, that's essential. You know? Absolutely essential.
1: essential. It is because... Unless it's something you want to be programmed with. Just realize whatever you're watching is affecting your brain and in, in a way programming you. Yeah. So don't just turn on the news at night because you're not in control what they're going to tell you.
0: Right. Even watching something like a movie, a thriller, uh, or a horror movie or some you know, somebody dies. I I, I <laughs> Yeah, I hear people talking all the time about their shows, and they're like, oh, yeah, I can't believe so-and-so got killed, or, yeah, I think so-and-so is going to kill so-and-so. And I'm just like, do you hear yourself? Right. You're talking about murder. Now you're talking about it in a fictional sense, but it's still murder. It's still a media implanting impressions on your brain. Right.
1: And then desensitizing you.
0: Yes.
1: To make murder just a normal topic of conversation.
0: That's right.
1: You know, that's right. and, and, and obviously, you know, I'm older than I'm 60 years old. I've seen the change, the shift in society. Mm-hmm. And really a lot of it is to the, compared to the amount of media that's available. Right. So you look at 50 years ago when I was 10 years old, right? What was available in media? I had 13 channels. Mm-hmm. Had uh, newspapers, and had radio. Yeah, that's it, right? You had a minimal TV. You had whatever was on the radio, and then you had your newspapers and magazines. You
0: know. Now we got right. social media. Never mind television.
1: Oh, the internet is is just a whole other thing.
0: I yeah, mean, it's the gift and the curse.
1: Yeah, and and I think really that's when the shift started to where, now the society I believe. Is even more programmed than it was. Right. So, okay, so here we are. You live in this society. It's all programmed. You know it's all programmed. How do you maintain? How do you say, okay, well, I don't want to live like this.
0: Yeah, how do you get back to the discipline from the ashram?
1: Right. How do you get back to the discipline from the ashram? Well, I will tell you, Kevin, I'm on that journey right now trying to get back to the... Now, here, it's two years removed from my mother's death. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, there was some emotional recovery that had mm-hmm. with that, which there may still be some residual from. And I'm still in Connecticut. And so here I am. Okay, I have to get back to what I know. And so the first step is you have to start meditating again. I, I started with, I made a commitment that I'm going to meditate at least 20 minutes a day every single day. Right. Again. Now I've gotten it up to forty minutes. So I enjoy it that much. And I had to start looking into other spiritual teachings. Right. Um, and this is what I've been doing as well. Yeah. And and I've learned some little tricks along the way. Because for me, I don't really let the media or anything influence me that much or program me that much. But I will say that, let's say I can start my day off in peace. Right. And I go and get in my car and I get on the highway. Well, guess what happens when you get in your car, (laughs) get on the highway. You know what happens. You know sometimes there. You're right. You're right back. You're right back in there. Somebody cuts you off. You know what I mean. This guy turned without his signal. Somebody stops in front of you. Anything could happen out there on the road, right? Anything. You never know what's going to happen when you walk out that door. So, it's a little trick I learned when I was studying with Tony Robbins, and I just want to pass it along to your listeners. I sit down. And I get meditation. And at a certain period during that meditation, you get to a point where you really feel like, okay, I'm peaceful right now. I feel connected. I feel peaceful right now, right? Yeah. So for me, what I try to do is create what is called an anchor. You sit there in that state of peace for a couple minutes and you – You know, usually for me, I have my fingers in a mudra position anyway, where like the OK sign with the two fingers Mm -hmm. and the thumb, the forefinger and the thumb are together and the rest of the three fingers are out. I press my thumb and my forefinger together. And at the same time, I say the word peace in my head. And I'm feeling in this state of peace. Right. And I do that about four or five times. So what I've created is a physical anchor. In my body, which is that action of putting the two, the thumb and the forefinger together.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And when I put the thumb and the forefinger together, it automatically puts me into that state of peace because I've anchored that state of peace to a physical action.
0: So now you can take out that anchor whenever you need it.
1: Whenever you need it. Yeah. And so... Basically, let's say you're driving in your car and the guy cuts you off, click that anchor and you'd be amazed. You'll hear in your head the word peace because because not only have you created an anchor with the state, the physical state of peace, but in your mind you were saying the word peace. So you have an auditory anchor too. Right, that's a trick I learned from Tony Robbins. See, sure. all these things let you know you you take a little something from something.
0: Yeah, and and in the Zen world, it's um, it's the chant of "Who am I?" Okay, so who am I? You know, and so when someone does that, it just reinforces, brings you that, back
1: to that state of mind, and right? it reminds
0: you that you're not who you think you are. Right, you're not the right. physical body. Yeah.
1: So, and I think that's important because really what it comes down to is remaining in the now. Right. Yeah. Because really what's going to, what, what, what really screws up our whole, our whole Zen and our whole sense of peace and in in during the day, right? It's either thinking about the future, right? Mm-hmm. I got to pay the bills. What is my boss going to think if I screwed this up? Oh, I got a deadline to meet this, that, and the other thing, all things that are in the future. Um, but what re- what you sometimes have to realize and that's where that who am i thing comes in brings you right back down to right here and now right so when you're in that state of mind oh my god what, and, and a lot of this is mindfulness and being aware of your own your own issues so you have to be you have to be mindful and aware enough to know that uh oh i'm slipping yep you know what i mean i'm slipping into future I better get back into the present Mm -hmm. or I'm slipping into past, you know, Oh, I'm thinking of a memory. I'm thinking of that girl who who broke up with me or I'm thinking of my mom who died. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of the past. I better, I better
0: come back to the center,
1: come back to the center. And, and that really, you know, like you say, there's where the discipline comes in to be able to know when you're doing this. Yep. Because let's be real, when you're out there in society, out in the real world, you're only going to find one out of 10 people who are awake or aware. And most people are living 100% in this program world. They believe it, they believe exactly what's going on. So a lot of the people you're interacting with aren't going to be trying to help you get back to your point of Zen. They're going to actually try to drag you that's right in, into this matrix
0: We are programmed into a system of three choices right like, dislike and I don't care right and I don't care translates to ignorance think about that to the listeners like, dislike or I don't care right. Now now think about your politics think about your. Your your celebrities think about all this. Kevin Hart or Tom Hanks comes up on their TV screen, and you're like, "Oh, I I don't like him." Right. I don't I don't like him. <laughs> or right. obviously, we have a huge a huge lightning rod in in the current president. You know, okay. Donald Trump. So people are stuck in this like or don't like. Uh, but it's been like that with all presidents. But.
1: Yes, it has. It's been, it's, it's been that way forever.
0: It's nothing new. I mean, the only thing new we have going on now is widespread media and a president who, I guess you can say, speaks his mind. I, I don't know how to phrase it. Properly. Yeah,
1: he's, he's broken the rules of what a president should be. Right. And he, he's almost broken the fourth wall. Right. Realistically. Right. If you're looking at it as this is, realistically, a performance. Right. And and then I also think that's one way to deal with this program world is to realize that it's it's a show. Correct. And you have to look at it as, well, I'm a spectator to a lot of this. Like, I have my own show here that I'm running. But as far as the big show, I'm just a spectator. That's right. Realistically. That's right. I'm watching a movie. We're,
0: we're, we're all having our human experience. We're, right. we, all, we all have our own play where we're the actor and the director and all that. Right. And so this world stage with politics and all that type of stuff, even school shootings, you know, all this stuff that happens.
1: You're just a spectator. You're
0: just a spectator.
1: And, right. and of course, maybe when you're watching a movie and you get emotionally involved in that time, but you realize it's only a movie. So when you walk out of the movie, those emotions end. We almost have to look at the the world stage. That's a good way to put it. The world show, the big show,
2: mm-hmm.
1: in the same manner. It's only a movie. And, and while maybe some of the things that happen in the big show might affect you, your life, realistically, like you say, we're running our own little show here. That's right. I have my own little movie that I'm running. So the big movie... Is should just be there and let me worry about my own little movie and directing that.
0: And then, but the average person gets stuck in that big movie, the big show. Right. And again, they come back to the three decisions. Yes. Like dislike, or I don't care. Right. We want to get to a point where we don't like or dislike because we've transcended that duality.
1: Right. I like something. And if you don't like it, the same thing I like we're fighting a, yeah. you're at Yeah. It's,
0: well, yeah, it's creating duality, it's creating separation, it's creating division, people are arguing right. like it's like it's sports, you know, like people argue who who's the greatest basketball player of all time, and people have these barbershop intense right. conversations, but it's not that serious it's 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 fun and games, but right. then when you right. translate to it yourself when you translate it to politics, it's not fun and games anymore. It's, it's like somebody wants to punch somebody else in the face.
1: Right. And, and uh, it,
0: same with religion, same thing with religion.
1: And, and even it's gotten that way with sports. Hmm. I've mean, we seen people getting beat up in sports parking lots and because they wore a Jets hat or, or the wrong hat, you know? Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, that
1: never happened before. So, you know, this world itself has gotten a little bit more difficult to navigate like I'm an old hippie right Mm -hmm. in the 60s so deep down um I believe in peace love and you know everybody working together you know Mm -hmm. unity and you know divided we united we stand divided we fall all that kind of stuff um I believe in that I believe the only way society and humanity is going to survive and and break free from this matrix is if we all Learn to unify, right? Peace and love, and that whole thing—the philosophy of the '60s—people don't want to hear that anymore. No, no,
0: no.
1: No, That's a shame.
0: Oh, I was out the other day, and I, uh, I, you know, I wear meditation beads around my neck, and, um, and sometimes I wear, you know, crystals like gemstones, fluorite and amethyst. Sure, Uh, I have them on. And somebody was like, "What are you a hippie?" <laughs> I was like, uh, "I I don't know how to answer it. Like I I wasn't even around for the hippie age. Like I don't know. Am I a hippie?" Right. Right. <laughs>
1: like, right.
0: Well, what are you talking about?
1: Yeah. People don't want to hear that anymore, and it's a shame, you know, um, because realistically, that is the philosophy that will work. Does it ever happen? Has it ever happened in the history of humanity? No, but, but truthfully, that is you know if we all realize and my core belief throughout my whole life is that we're all the same, no matter what. That's right. All humans are the same, no matter what, regardless our, of your any of your beliefs, skin, any of it.
0: Right, our inner lives are are the same. We're made of the same stuff. We're
1: it's no different. All cats are the same, Kevin. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All dogs are the same. Well, All humans are the same. Right. So we're all the same species. So nobody is better than or worse than anyone else.
0: We just have different personalities. And then we acquire these views and habits. And
1: programming. It's all programming. It's right? all back programming. Back it's di- we all it's just have different programming.
0: The society and the family.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. But the bottom line, if you have a basic core belief that we're all the same. That's right. No matter what.
0: That's right. No that, superiority.
1: No superiority whatsoever. The big giant CEO is no better than the homeless guy on the street. That's right. We're all the same. That's right. And and, and I think if people could get back to that and realize that, uh, society would be a whole different thing. But obviously, society creates these. That's right barriers between us and so it's it's difficult but again so if you can start off with a place of peace and then have ways to get back to that place of peace sometime during the day even little things like an AA they used to teach us uh one day at a time Mm -hmm. easy does it little slogans you can repeat to yourself to get you back to where you should be and again then coming home at night and the closing of the day
0: well this is the hard part when the sun goes down is the hard part that's when we want to comfort ourselves with certain food that's right. when we want to turn the television on and this comes from habits we were doing when we were 10 years old and right. and we have to break that and just like we have a morning routine joe i think it's essential we have a nighttime routine and you do. and we got to get the meditation going at night and the thing that i've discovered let me, t- let me tell a little little secret to people once you yeah. go once you go deep enough into your meditation you will no longer crave television because the entertainment is inside of you <laughs> and a great mystic once said Jalaluddin Rumi the great poet and mystic from the 13th century he once said don't i'm paraphrasing you don't ever have to be lonely because there's a universe inside of you. And so once And we there start, is.: Yes. Once we start getting to the lights and the psychedelics of the beauty of where we can go with this incredible gift that we all have, because we're all the same as you said, yes. then we can turn that television off turn put the phone away because we will be entertained and at peace all at the same time we're capable of so much and the average person just doesn't realize it because they're programmed in this world but uh, i want to wrap this up okay I i think there's a lot of a lot of great tips that just came through into somebody's ears this last 45 minutes or so you know you're a good example of somebody who went through it you found this incredible discipline and peace and then you you were taken out of it and now you're getting it back and so uh the message here is you know fall off the path get up back on the path
1: right. right right it's always there for you
0: it's always the
1: it's always shining no matter how many clouds are in the way the sun's always there it's just getting back to it
0: that's right. Where, where can somebody come say hello to you?
1: Um, they can come say hello to me. They can check me out at gogojoes.com. Okay. If they want to see some of my past work, they can look at uh, truthiscary.com. Okay.
0: So. Well, there there you go. <laughs> okay. Thank you. All right, Joe. Thank you. Uh, If you're you're looking for me, you can go to DrReese.com. That's Dr. spelled out. There's free webinars on there. And of course, all the podcasts and my books on Amazon and whatnot. And I'll talk to you on the next episode.
1: Thanks for listening to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese. If this episode opened your heart, feel free to share on social media and tell your loved ones. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, may peace be with you.